Hi, welcome to another episode of Just Saying With. Today, we're just saying with Dr. Angela Tan, who is a relationship expert and the founder of the Academy of Relationship and Sex. Hi, Angela. Thank you for joining us today. So, Angela, tell me, what is it like to be, or how did you become, um, you know, um, a, am I right? Is it called a relationship counselor or um, a no, specialist? No, I call myself term? an intimacy coach. An intimacy coach. Fantastic. So, how did you, um, well, I mean, just to let everyone know, today is Valentine's Day. And unfortunately, this will be at after Valentine's Day, but I think it's really apt that we are talking on Valentine's Day itself. So yes, as, a, as an intimacy coach, as a relationship coach, uh, how did you decide that this is what I want to do? You're the first that I've, I, I know that it exists, but you're the first that I have actually spoken to. So I'm a bit intimidated. Uh, I don't want to say the wrong things. You might uh, psychoanalyze me, but um, it's about you. It's not about me. <laughs> Angela. Hi, Zed. Thank you for having me here. Um, what started me on this journey? So I've been a doctor for the last, well, 13, 14 years. And one of the things I do see a lot is death. Okay. Okay. And that taught me a very important lesson because I realized that at the deathbed, people treasure relationship way more than many other things in their lives. Mm. And that got me to start wondering how can I reduce the regrets of people having a strange relationship, broken marriages, or things that are very much, you know, in a mess just before their deathbed? Uh, so that was what um, caused me to embark on a journey where I train myself to be a life coach, where I work with individuals and couples on how do they actually mend their relationships. Okay, and how did they work through challenges? And of course, along the way, more things happened. And I started to realize that the whole thing about intimacy, um, sexual relationship, was very much uneducated in our local setting. You know, as a doctor, I know the physiology of having sex, but I totally do not know how to make it work in the bedroom, if you get what I mean there. Uh, so that actually brought me to the next level of training, where I trained myself in the whole arena of sexual health, and how do I bring the scientific part of me plus the part there is, you know, communications, how do you do the soft skills, how do you build relationships all together? And that's where we have intimacy coach Dr. Angela Tan here. And that's very interesting, especially when we think about, I mean, like you said, local setting, right? Mm. Um, as Asians in Asian culture, it's still very much, I would say, a taboo subject. And um, well, a bit off the topic and we will be talking about streaming so um i'm not sure if you've seen this uh show called a queer eye and mm. I, and i saw you know one of the episodes which um actually really hit me as in made me think was when they went to japan and there was one of the uh, heroes or the subjects of the day had basically what they call a sexless marriage mm. and um he couldn't talk to his wife he couldn't and and that's when you realize that well, it's not just a Japanese culture, probably, you know, that's what it's like in Japan, but I would say in a lot of, well, uh, rest of Asia, Asian mm. culture, marriage, they're, they're very strong 
confines and what's supposed to be and what's not supposed to be done in a marriage. Um, we, we can talk about gender defined roles and things like that. Of course, things have changed, but I think that's where I'm going with this. How have things changed over the years? Are people more open to speaking to, um, well, speaking to you and discussing their marriages? Because for the longest time, going to marriage counseling as well, there was a big stigma around it. So um, how, how do people relate to you when you speak to them? Um, well, I do think with the pandemic, things have definitely changed. There used to be a lot of taboo around, you know, relationships, that relationships are, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if your relationship is actually not working, you kind of don't tell it to people. You kind of shut it down and you kind of work it out or you don't work it, just, just leave it to rot at one side. I think with the pandemic, people are starting to realize that how they spend their time is more important. They are looking for the meaning and the fulfillment in life. Okay, and then you're starting to see that the whole thing around ego and pride is actually less important than how they're actually feeling. And I guess in the last two years, there's a lot of emphasis about mental wellness. So that also helped to bring the topic in as well. How do we actually have relationships that promote mental wellness? How do you work through that? Because relationship can be a great trigger for mental unwellness and mental stressors. So how do you all work through it? Um, so I guess with this pandemic, it has changed the perception of many people to actually value what they have and stop, you know, taking things for granted that way. And, you know, um, well, bringing things to your tagline that I love connection and intimacy. Um, I think connection is a very key word there as well. And, well, speaking about how relationships have evolved, um, a lot of times I think we've been so detached that the only connection we really think about is our internet connection and just make sure that, you know, the speeds are there. And speaking of internet connections, well, again, evolution and the way the access of technology, streaming services, we are all, well, everything's at your fingertips now, right? So it's a, it's a very on-demand lifestyle that we're living. We want instant gratification. Um, things are happening, happening very, very quick. Um, do you see that with relationships now? That whole, do you think that people are more patient or not or less? I, I'm not sure. I think it depends on the era. Um, so for the clients that I have, they are mentally more mature. So they are happy to kind of work things through to see, well, I mean, the truth is, you know, people who are paying for my services, they are financially more stable and they want things to work out. So they are here to hire me for a service that how do they work their relationship out that way? Now, on the other hand, I also heard of people who are on dating apps. Um, they do take their time to actually scout for the right person to go out with and they don't just want to go out with anyone. So I guess whether, um, I guess there's always be people who are more patient in finding the right person to working things out and there'll always be people who are looking for instant gratification that way. Yeah. And well, speaking of technology, uh, recently you've just uh, consulted on a very interesting survey by ICE yes. uh, that I'd like to talk about. And it's really about how dating trends have changed mm -hmm. as well. And you've put them in four stages in and what modern habits of relationships. So um, can you please tell us a little bit about the survey itself? So what was, what was the... Um, 
why the survey? Why does this survey exist? Well, um, for me, I think it is a great opportunity for us to find out what is the trend of how dating has come along since, like you said, technology and internet and services like that. And I guess my favorite part about this whole survey is that people find that if you share your password with someone, you're actually more intimate. Because uh, in the past, you know, when passwords don't quite exist, <laughs> we kind of like bring your guy, the girl or the guy, um, to your friend's party and you introduce them. And this is how you show the intimacy. And now it's called exchanging a password. So to me, like, okay, times have really changed. Yeah, exactly. You know, last time was, well, it took you, I guess it was quite a big step to bring someone home mm. um, and let alone give them a key to the house. But now you're giving them a key to your account. Which yes. I don't give my keys to my account to anyone. <laughs> exactly. And, and um, yeah, a lot of times, a, yeah. um, our password are actually pretty similar for various accounts. So you're giving a password to one account. It's as though you're giving to the password to almost all your accounts. So. The, I mean, uh, to all the cybersecurity experts out there, we, we do know that it's not uh, advisable, but... It happens. It happens. Yes. Yeah, but no, no. I've got a. I've, I've got a different account, uh, password for everything. Yeah, just oh, perfect, for everything. Perfect. Yeah, for for everything. It's a very different numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't repeat at all, just in case people are listening. <laughs> but so, what are the four stages? So you've got stage one, which um, oh. yours is stream and match, right? So stage one is stream and match. Tell us a little bit more about what you call stage one of the four stages of this now new online streaming relationship. Okay. Um, to me, stream and match sounds something like, you know, if you're watching something similar together, it's as though you have matching values, um, matching ideas about how things are. And that helped to bring couples closer together in a way. It's like your new profiling tool. So in the past, it used to be like, oh, if you're attending the same CCA or we have the same sports interests, we the same hobbies, we kind of click. So now if you're watching the same genre of movies, you kind of click that way. Yep. And um, one of the interesting stats is that 53% would actually think that streaming a show on the first date is actually now, um, well, normal and expected where it's kind of taken the place of going to a cinema and you know watching that movie in in theaters um what do you think do you think that's because it's more intimate you get to control your environment or is it because you know and, and well with covid you our habits change so is it a little bit of this and that or is it just uh, i don't know control of environment what what do you think i think i think um couple of factors here um, one is definitely more affordable to have a streaming account than to go for movies every time a new one is launched. Um, two, definitely the pandemic has changed things and there's less um, limitations when you're in your own environment when it comes to, you know, who you want to hang out with and then how you choose to do that. And of course, you know, the new code word Netflix and chill has become very common. Um, and so, so how people come together and feel that they're intimate enough to invite someone to their place to watch a movie together. Yeah, and you're actually letting people in, right? Because like you say, mm. it's your place, it's your domain. You're kind of like opening your doors up. Um, that's very interesting. And also, uh, one other stat that I see over here is that there is a favorable opinion if you have your own inter uh, streaming account. So... Um, 
what's that? Is it responsibility? I mean, we used to have the five C's, right? Ooh. A long time ago, cash, con, uh, credit card, condo, country club, and now it's streaming accounts. Is that one of the five C's? Or I don't know, was it uh, the new S in the five C's? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, probably, I'm just guessing that, you know, by having a streaming account, it means that you are more open to what's out there and you are ready for entertainment, looking for entertainment is a source of entertainment. So the more you know, entertainment that you have, um, it simply represents that you're someone who is more varied. And I think one of the key facts here is also that you are paying for the streaming account. So it's not just a free account, but you know, you've got that. Uh, so on IT, it'd probably be that, the VIP subscription service. And so stage two, where this is relevant is, is your suitor suitable? So um, maybe a little bit about that. Uh, how do people figure out? I mean, is it because of the same shows that you watch, um, the same genres? It, does that really play a very big uh, um, I think beyond just watching like the same show and same genre, is the discussion that we have after watching a show. I think that's where we really connect with somebody else and understand their values, their frameworks, and their belief in life. It's like, for example, you know, um, after, say, watching a romantic comedy, I mean, it's a nice light show to start off with with a date. And then the expectations starts coming out about, you know, what you see in a partner and what you don't see. And this way, it starts start, start to, you know, starts out like, hey, is this person expecting too much or he or she, I can live up to these expectations. So I guess it's like, you know, a good conversation started that way. What do I want in my future partner? Right. So it's, that's a very interesting way to look at it. It's actually the discussion after the show, right? That aligns the values. I didn't quite think of it that way. So, you know, that, that's very interesting. And then go to um, what you call the next episode, stage three. So, so what's that next episode? So um, to me, the next episode is like, how then do you set up the next date or the next um, progression in the relationship? Okay, so what else do you see in this person that you can progress forward? So for example, like, um, so given the example that I was saying earlier about discussion after watching a romantic comedy, for example, you start to look at, okay, um, these are some of the things that I can agree with you in the relationship, but this part, I don't think is actually what I'm looking for. Is there a way to discuss around it? Or is it like a big no-no and I'm going to end you know, I'm going to swipe left from now onwards. You're no longer in my life kind of thing. So it's where you get to do the assessment that way. Hmm. And, and another interesting fact over here that I see is about 73% actually feel that, well, forget flowers and chocolates. Give me a subscription <laughs> account service or, you know, uh, yeah, pay for my subscription <laughs> or give me that as a gift. It is now an acceptable gift. Um. I'm not going to say what does that say about society, but um, again, things have changed a lot. Yes. You know, we've gone away from that uh, flowers and chocolates culture mm -hmm. on Valentine's Day. Um, so do you think that, yeah, couples are more accepting about, hey, here's a streaming account? I think it's just thinking about practical. Like, for example, a period of time, you no know, husband were buying wife's vacuum cleaner and, I don't know, ovens. Well, um, <laughs> I did buy my wife a vacuum cleaner once, but it was the robot kind. Okay. So it was like, so you you don't have to do this anymore <laughs> rather than, hey, 
you know, because if not, I'm pretty sure I know where the vacuum cleaner would end up. And where <laughs> I would end up after that as well. But yeah, so it's just kind of counts. Yeah. Uh, so that now passes off as a, as a gift, or more like an acceptable gift. And I like mm. the fact about practicality. Um, in your experience, do you see that as a trend? That couples today are moving to more a, well, a mindset of being more pragmatic, more practical, rather than more symbolic? Um, I think both groups do exist. All right. I mean, there are people who are just more romantic and they like grand gestures. And there are groups that are, well, um, I won't call them introverted, but they prefer to spend time with their meaningful ones. Meaningful, they prefer to spend meaningful time with their loved ones. And to them, that gives them the fulfillment. So I would guess for people who enjoy streaming, they're naturally people who like to hang out in a cozy place. They like to hang out with um, their loved ones in a place that they are free to be themselves. They are not there for the grand gestures of life. Yeah, and in stage four, which I think it's, I mean, looking at this, you, you more or less want to stay at stage one to three and then move on and never want to hit stage four in a perfect world because your stage four is how you unsubscribe from your relationship or if you're at a point that you unsubscribe from the relationship. And one of the key takeaways over here is that most will not be comfortable watching the same shows that they did with an ex-partner. Um, what I'm trying to take away from that is how... Now, watching shows uh, or streaming shows has taken a level of intimacy that probably wasn't there before when it just used to be something that I like to do. Like, uh, I mean, nobody really cared too much about it. But now because it's been become so much a part of relationships, is that it? And that that uh, people find it hard to, I don't know, watch the same show with someone else? Um, well, I would see that Shared memories are a source of triggers that reminds you of the past, whether the good time or the bad times that way. And anything that can trigger memories that way makes it difficult to, you know, re-experience it again. Because after all, you know, one moment you're trying to forget about this person and move on in your life. And the next thing you have something that triggers like how you used to watch a movie with this person and you're having such sweet times it's really, really hard to reconcile that. So I wouldn't just say it's streaming, um, but anything that reminds you of the person that about your intimate connection with this person, it can be hard to re-experience them again. Right. Mm. And how do you feel that, I mean, this has affected relationships and couples today? Um, do you think it actually brings them closer? Or, I don't know, more detached? Because I'm still trying to wrap my own head around this. Um, I enjoy a lot of time, um, a, a lot of quality time with uh, uh, my wife, and then we will, we will stream shows. And um, there are times where I feel like I need to wait for her, even though I'm dying to watch the next episode. And if our schedules don't um, sync up, then I'm... I can't watch, right? So it's kind of like betraying the other person. Um, I guess this is where... <laughs> I don't know. Is this a phenomena of some sort? Not... Um, it, it is a phenomena. I do that with my husband too. But um, one of the things I learned 
is how do you communicate your needs? It's not just about streaming, but in terms of your needs in various ways, how do you communicate in such a way that does not damage the relationship and in fact, allow room and space for each of us to be ourselves? So we do have an agreement if someone wants to watch ahead first, you know, um, no more than X episode as per the week. Right. And no <laughs> so spoilers, right? The person had time to catch up, easily. Yeah, and no spoilers. Yes. <laughs> I think, I remember reading a stat of, uh, in the survey as well that uh, a relationship breaker, uh, spoilers are actually a relationship breaker. That, that was very interesting to see that, you know, if someone, oh, you spoiled it for me, that's it. I'm going to spot you spot the relationship for us. That's it. You know, it's done. So, well, um, uh, Angela, thank you very much for spending so much time uh, today. And it's, it's actually been uh, quite um, enlightening. And I never quite I mean, before this survey by ITE, I never really thought so much about how even my own personal streaming habits have affected our relationships or I would say become a core part of the relationship um, more than just like hitting out because now we can travel in a sense from homes. Well, um, maybe one last takeaway uh, from yourself. If you had one piece of advice to say, well, be it new couples or couples that are staying together, um, what would you say, um, you know, that they could use to a tip for their streaming lives and their romantic lives? I think streaming is great um, to help to build couples' relationship together. It's also a good chance for us to work through the differences that streaming triggers. So to me, for a lasting relationship to work, it's not always about fuzzy, warm feelings, the romantic flowers and whatnot, but the commitment to make things work whenever we see something that's not working. Well, uh, that, you know what, truthfully, I think that's a fantastic tip. And I think some, something that people should always keep in mind. And Angela, thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, have a fantastic, I hope you've got something nice planned for yourself uh, for Valentine's Day. Have a great Valentine's Day. And uh, well, um, hope, and you know what? Happy streaming. Thank you. And have a good Valentine's Day too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.